of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Gospel reading comes to us from the Gospel of St. Mark in chapter 8. And every year when we come across this story, uh, there's something in this for me that is extremely encouraging. And also at the same time encouraging a great exhortation in Christ towards something wonderful. And I pray that as we look at this, you'll sense that encouragement for you and that exhortation for you as well. Because in the, in the Gospel of St. Mark chapter 8, we have the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. He had been teaching the multitudes for three days. And these multitudes are at minimum $4,000. Other pa uh, $4,000. 4,000 people. Scratch that. Erase it. Other passages say 5,000. I don't think they were going around tapping heads and counting. He, teach, he was teaching a multitude. Many, many people. And... They had been hearing him teach for three days. The Gospels are very clear without food. And so we're told in the Gospel that our Lord Jesus Christ has compassion. His heart aches over the condition of those he's been teaching because they're becoming weak. And he's afraid that if he sends them back to their homes, it must have been a decent distance from where they lived that he was teaching. He was afraid that if he told them to go on home and get something to eat, many would faint and die perhaps on the way from their weakened state. Now, in human eyes, put faith aside for a moment. In human eyes, the disciples that were with him would have been faced with an impossible situation. All they had was a few loaves. That's it. Thousands upon thousands of people in need of food. They were faced with an impossible situation. And they even asked the Lord when he vocalized his compassion to them. They asked the Lord, Lord, how? How are we going to satisfy the hunger of so many with so little? With just these few loaves. But here's the thing. Our Lord Jesus Christ doesn't map out a plan for them in his response. He doesn't give them absolute direction as far as exactly what to do. Go into the highways and byways and beg for money and buy food and bring it back. He doesn't give them that. Instead, he responds to their question with what I believe is a phenomenally important question. Because when they say, how are we going to do this? His response is, what do you have? Isn't that interesting? He knows. But his response to them is, what do you have? He simply met them right where they were, only with that which they had, and asked them to present it. What do you have? And we're told that they answer the question. Lord, we have seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. And they offered it to our Lord Jesus Christ right then and there. And what happened with the response of the offering? We're told that Jesus takes their offering. He blesses it. And a wonder of heaven takes place. Seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. 
feed thousands upon thousands, not only not running out, but with extra left over afterwards by their offering. I want to offer you three reflections that came to me this week, and so I share them with you. First is this. Our Lord Jesus Christ is always inviting you and inviting me to join with Him, to cooperate with Him in His wondrous works, not only for the salvation of our own souls, but the salvation of the souls around us in the body of Christ and in the darkness and chaos of the world outside of the body of Christ. Our Lord is always inviting us to participate in His wondrous works and to His glory. When Jesus asked the disciples the question, what do you have? You have to understand that was an expression of the invitation. He was inviting them to be a part of satisfying the hunger of the people. Our Lord God, since the dawn of creation, when He created everything and created man breathing life into Him, it has always been His desire to glorify Himself in and through the paramount of His creation, humanity, to make Himself known. And so Christ is always inviting us to participate. Second reflection, and very important that we get this. Our deceiver, as well as our own flesh, really draws us away from this truth more often than not. And it's this. God does not require your perfection to live through you to glorify Himself. He does not require you to be perfect in holiness and righteousness. He does not require you to have all of the physical things that He may need to use to bless others. He does not require that to live in and through you. Let me give you some examples from Scripture. One of them is today. Do you really think these disciples, when faced with this impossible situation and invited into participation into the solution, you really think they were perfect? We already know they didn't have near enough physically what they needed to do the job, to minister, to satisfy the hunger. And yet, they offered, by response to that question, what do you have? They simply offered all they had. And it wasn't enough. But they offered all they had. And look at what our Lord did. And do you not think that that grew them? They offered what they had. And Jesus performed the ministry with their cooperation. What about the time where Jesus sent out the 70 disciples? Remember when Jesus sent out the seven, he said, don't take hardly anything with you. Don't take anything with you. And I want you to go out to the towns and the nearby villages, and I want you to proclaim the gospel. I want you to preach that the kingdom of God is drawn near to each that you come across. And I want you to heal their sick. Did you hear that? I want you to heal their sick. Do you really think that the 70 were perfect at that point? Do you really think that they had perfect faith at that point? They had grown, perhaps, from time with Christ, but certainly not perfect. 
And yet, what did they do? They offered what they had and they did what he says. And when they went into the nearby towns and villages, what happened? They come back to Jesus rejoicing because the sick had been healed. And they even said, and Lord, even the demons had to obey us and had to be cast away. And they obeyed and fleed. And Jesus rejoiced with them. I know I saw it. Well, how did he see it? He wasn't with them. Yes, he was. They weren't perfect. They offered only that which they had. And they cooperated with Christ. And the God of heaven and earth moved through them to glorify himself. What about when the God gave the great commission? Our Lord gives the great commission at his ascension. He says, go into all the world, go into all the world and make disciples of all men, baptizing them and teaching them to follow me. Again, do you really think these set, these that were sent on this great commission were perfect? Being made, yes. Perfect, no. But what did they do? They did what he said. They offered what they had, which was not enough to fulfill that in their humanity. But they offered what they had and the world would never be same. The entire world would change because they offered what they had. God would do the rest. I'm not saying I'm not saying that we're not more effectively used by our Lord Jesus Christ as we grow to maturity in Him. As we gain in all the virtues of Him. Because what's happening as we grow to maturity? Like St. John the Forerunner said, we are decreasing and He is increasing in us. That's certainly true. What I am saying and what we can draw encouragement from in our Gospel reading today is that God comes to us every day and even in the moments of the day with the question, what do you have? And God comes to us in our weaknesses and in our frailties and in our failures. Some of the most imminent failures. And He still asks the same question. <coughs> comes to us and meets us where we are, drawing us to Himself so that we might be healed and share that healing, you see, with others. With others. One last reflection. Our Lord Jesus Christ will always use impossible situations to grow us to maturity in our faith and the expression of that maturity through our frail flesh and blood. He will always use impossible situations. I'll give you two. Our Lord Jesus Christ calls us to be Christ to one another in the church. Each living stone taking their part. He calls us to love one another as God has loved us. He calls us to forgive one another. Equally as God has forgiven us. And He has called us by the grace of the Holy Spirit to further the salvation in one another. And I'm telling you that everything I just said, if humanity is left alone, is an impossible situation. And yet, when He asks that blessed question, what do you have? And we answer. And we offer all that we have. And only what we have. Even though it's lacking. All of those things happen. Because God has joined us to himself. In that blessed cooperation. To work through us. And glorify himself in us. Second. 
the ark of salvation, the church. We exist in the darkness and in the chaos of this present world. And yet Jesus calls us not only to be, he calls us the light of the world. And he says we should go into that world and continue the reconciling ministry of Jesus Christ, as St. Paul says. We are the continuation of reconciling men and women in darkness to the light of God. To bring them into union. To release them from their captivity into freedom. This is one of the great purposes of the church by the heart of God. In our humanity only, an impossible situation. But with God, nothing is impossible. And he asks us, what do we have? When we offer, he does. Why? Because this is the God of love who has come to redeem and save all souls. This is who he is. And he invites us into that blessed cooperation. My friends, I pray, join with me in praying over yourselves and for me. I pray that we will daily begin to hear, perhaps first thing in the day, the blessed invitation to cooperate with Christ in that day. That we'll hear the question he gave his disciples, what do you have today? What do you have? And we simply offer him ourselves and the day. For let's not kid ourselves and live in deception anymore. It is all his. We offer him ourselves. That he might be radiantly glorified in us. To the salvation of those around us in the church. And those suffering so greatly. As they are lost and in darkness in this present chaos. May it be in the name of the Father and of the Son.